my name is Elise Tara, and this is the Yi Medicine Show, uh, a podcast about acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine in Ontario. Today, I am talking with Yi Xiang Wang. Hi, Yi Xiang. How are you? Hi, uh, Elisa. Good. <laughs> Great. Um, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about where you, who you are, where your clinic is. Uh, my name is Yu Xiang Wang. Uh, I'm a Chinese medicine practitioner and acupuncturist, and uh, I have a uh, uh, practice uh, Chinese medicine over um, how many years? Thirty more than thirty-three years. Thirty years? Thirty-three years? years. <laughs> and uh, right now is uh, I practice on Toronto and have two locations. One is on Eglinton, close Island Road. Another location on the Lake Shore. Close uh, Islington. So Eglinton and Allen Road and Lakeshore and Islington. That's right. They're in like opposite ends of the city. Uh, it is. Uh, one is on South uh, West. Right. Another one on the Middle. Right. Middle Uptown in West End. Yeah. Right. Mm. So um, tell me a little bit about your practice. And um, there are two different, you have two different focuses in your practices, right? Uh, my uh, focus mostly it is on the uh, woman problem, and uh, from my background, I learn a lot of like uh, in Ch- Chinese medicine for the woman problem. Actually, before I was in China, I I was a gynecologist in the integrated medicine. Oh wow! Uh, Where are you from in China? Uh, uh, I was from. Uh, Tianjin. Tianjin it is uh, one big city close to uh, Beijing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we are, it's a, uh, I graduated from the Tianjin Chinese Medicine uh, School. And uh, I practice uh, in Tianjin uh, Medicine School uni- uh, teaching hospital for 10 years before I immigrated to Canada. So you have you you practice for ten years in China in an integrative medicine hospital. That's right. Before you came here. Yeah, we, I uh, when in my education when I was a uh, uh, study in Chinese medicine and uh, uh, got the the Chinese medicine degree and also uh, for the master degree study study the Chinese medicine gynecology. So in this way, after I graduated, I was hired by the teaching hospital gynecology department for keep learning more Western gynecology. Oh wow! And uh, my hospital sent me to the gynecology hospital to work as a resident in the gynecology uh, hospital for two years. So after that, we are practice. Uh, integrated uh, uh, Chinese medicine and gynecology uh, department. Wow, Mm. so you started in Chinese medicine. Yeah. And then you did gynecology with in biomedicine western medicine uh, gynecology is also in uh, Chinese medicine okay. uh, program for the specialized in gynecology yeah and uh, the, t- the teaching hospital I used to be work also it is a Chinese medicine 
hospital. It is a teaching hospital of my uh, college. And uh, so the, in China, the practice, uh, the Chinese medicine, we are doing the more like a combination, Western medicine yeah. and the Chinese medicine together without enough the Western medicine skill and the knowledge. So after graduate, to, we still need uh, keep learning to yeah. so in this way so I also work in Western Medicine Hospital for gynecology for two years. Wow. Uh, so that's probably the best way to be able to do integrative medicine is get an opportunity to work in both systems so that you can take the best from each I guess, right? Yes, I think uh, it is uh, for the medicine, we need to know all the medicine. It's, uh, even you practice the Chinese medicine without enough of the Western medicine yeah. uh, knowledge, and uh, you will be feel you are like a, uh, not a, yeah, completely understand the disease, and uh, it also will be hard to make a good treatment. Yeah. Mm. I can imagine how different it is working in an actual TCM hospital and then coming here and having small clinics here. I mean, what was it like? What are the main differences, like, would you say, in the way TCM is practiced in China, where you're from, and the way it's practiced here in Ontario? Uh, when I was in China, and uh, I feel like uh, the Chinese medicine and uh, practice in hospital is quite modern and uh, with uh, all the uh, power for to be a doctor, the power so you can order every kind of test yeah. to yeah pres- prescribe any like uh, medicine if the patient need and uh, but uh, in uh, another way you also feel not uh, so much can uh, control by your practice everything is uh, uh, you are just uh, one in the big system you oh, are yeah. just uh, one like a screw in the in the big machine right and uh, so I think uh, this is uh, yeah some uh, kind of reason some kind of reason is uh, yeah I, I, I yeah immigrated and uh, oh, yeah. to learning yeah in the uh, yeah the doing some uh, private practice but uh, that uh, pr- for the private practice uh, in here and also it will be uh, after on the this is uh, almost 20 years ago so yeah it is a uh, feel like uh, so low, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Practice uh, Chinese medicine, and uh, uh, even I feel myself, I also cannot respect uh, my own work because uh, it is uh, very limited. Yeah, to do include uh, and uh, in that, uh, ma- yeah, many years ago, and the Chinese medicine also not uh, so popular and uh, right. recognized by by the public and uh, they are come to you they just uh, more want to ask you to doing massage yeah uh, reflexology and uh, so even like uh, sometimes you give some herb medicine they are afraid to take yeah so in this way and uh, I feel is a uh, if we need we are 
first we need to respect ourselves. We need to let people know we are doing good work. Right. And uh, for doing good work, we need to keep study and uh, keep uh, work hard to be make a good uh, achievement in the practice. Wow, that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because it's almost as if the problems, the 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 pros and cons in China of practicing. So being able to practice and having a greater scope of practice, being able to prescribe and request tests and stuff that you can't do here as an acupuncturist but on the other hand you were limited in terms of how you could practice whereas here you have greater autonomy in how you manifest your practice and how you interact with your patients how much time you get to spend with them and and having your own practice Yes, that's right. For example, in China, and uh, a lot of the, because also controlled by insurance, uh, by the also the yeah. work, uh, how much uh, the uh, profit, yeah. <laughs> the work profit, so have a lot of requirement for the how to do in work. Yeah. And uh, sometimes, like, uh, you, you don't want to to prescribe the uh, very uh, expensive herb, but uh, in another way, and also you need to make money for the hospital. Yeah, yeah sometimes this kind of conflict. So there's that whole bottom line that the hospital wants you to contribute to. Yeah, that's right. So it is uh, some... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds like it's a lot like institutional medicine here, right? Like even... Bo- I was actually... I, I saw my primary care doctor today. We had a conversation about institutional health care and how limited it is for her as a healthcare provider to give um, the kind of attention that she would perf- she would rather be able to ha- to develop with her patients to give them that kind of attention but because she's in this little box in terms of she has to see x number of patients a day she has to hit specific uh, targets that it really limits how she can express her knowledge and really work with her patients and it sounds like I mean it's fantastic that TCM can be practiced in a hospital but on the other hand then you have the constraints of performance mm, so it's like yeah. pros and cons and yeah it is everywhere how yeah some good or bad yeah exactly and the question is how can we get the good aspects of it and limit the negative right it's like herbs right you have your you have your master herbs and then you have your additional herbs that help take the negative aspects out of the you know or the side effects and yeah if we could do something like that here that would be amazing (laughs) so this uh, i think uh, it is uh, a doing in here is uh, we are trying to be uh, develop Chinese medicine, make the Chinese medicine is really in the good, high level. It is very important for practitioner in the in the yeah the society and the yeah. people yeah get more respect to Chinese medicine. This is our duty, and if we not doing and Chinese medicine cannot development they may also in the future shrink so we will be not easy to survive yeah in the, in the yeah the multiple yeah the, the 
the medical care of the fifth term. Right. Yeah. I think part of, do you think part of it might have to do with what people think acupuncture and Chinese medicine is? Like you were saying earlier that you have patients who come in and they just want massage or they just want, you know. I think it is with over 20 years, I see it's quite a lot of change. Oh, yeah? Yeah, right now I, I see quite a lot of cases. It's a difficult case. Even they are trying the Western medicine, it's not work. Right. And then they come to try the Chinese medicine. And we have some successful uh, the, the case. So they will be also make more people know Chinese medicine, it is a work. Yeah. And uh, for example, and uh, uh, yesterday I saw one patient. She had a very big, uh, heavy the uterus bleeding, and uh, she came because in the she went to a few times of emergency room and needed the blood transfusion. Trans- transfusion. She needed blood transfusion because yeah. her her pure, her, her bleeding was so heavy. So heavy, yeah. And uh, she come for get a herb to stop her bleeding. And whether uh, she come, she can try the herb because she know another patient before I killed the, the heavy the uterus, yeah, emergency, the, the case of yeah. the uterus bleeding. So in this way, and I think it is uh, get the Chinese medicine to can treat uh, a lot of difficult case, it is gradually, gradually more and more to be get uh, people know. Right. And in this way, and people more and more to looking for Chinese medicine, not only for the massage, and yeah. also to trying to solve the, the big problem. Right. Yeah, this is a need to, yeah, it's already changed, and if we're doing good work, I think we will be keep have more and more change. Do you think that, um, have you noticed um, if regulation made a difference to people's awareness of China? Like, do you think that you're more busy now since regulation than before? Did that make a difference? Uh, regulation have uh, some, uh, uh, I think uh, from both sides, the regulation, it is uh, before the uh, Chinese medicine uh, not uh, regulated and the uh, Chinese medicine practitioner did a lot of work and uh, uh, it is uh, without regulation and also some work maybe you, you, you think uh, it is a uh, uh, you can do some work maybe uh, you don't know you cannot do so right. uh, we all doing what we can do yeah to, to treat a patient with the regulation they do have a lot of limita- limitation yeah and uh, Chinese medicine cannot call doctor title <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Chinese medicine uh, practitioner cannot be specialized I know and uh, even you know a lot of the yeah the, your in your field you know a lot but uh, you still cannot uh, allow you to to yeah. be specialized in the in the gynecology for example the uh, Chinese medicine cannot uh, use a, scu- a, s- a skill uh, specular. 
you know, spectrum. Oh yeah, you can't do internal exams. You can you cannot do an external exam, and you cannot do in pelvic exam. Right. And uh, the uh, limitation. I think uh, some uh, in some point it uh, limitation it uh, trying to for the public safety. Right. It, uh, don't doing wrong thing. But in another thing, it is uh, some limit. Uh, some limited your practice. It's not really can help your treat more more case right. more patient, and the Chinese medicine treatment actually is a really good. For example, in gynecology problem, a lot of vaginal problem, uh, cervical problem, yeah. and uh, the. If you don't check, and how you can know this problem, it is a what a problem. Yeah, if you can't do an evaluation, yeah. how can you? You cannot know, and also the the examination in the vagina, it is a. I don't think it's really so necessary to be limited to do yeah. exam. Well, and, uh, and if you have your training, right, uh, you've been trained in this, so it must be so much harder for you knowing that there's uh, things that you can do that you that you are prevented from doing regu- based on the jurisprudence, right? Then you have to find other workarounds. Yeah, but we need to, yeah, to follow the rule. Yeah, and, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, so in this way, I hope in the future with uh, uh, more and more uh, learning and uh, the development, right. Chinese medicine development well, and uh, we are really doing doctor work right. and uh, can give us a doctor title. We also can really, some people can doing specialized work, yeah. give the specialized title. I you know I absolutely see see your point there. I mean, right now, education is like two three years, right? For for a, a entry level professional um, certification, right? Or yeah, registration, um, and it it certainly makes a lot of sense to be able to provide practitioners with with additional levels of training that allow us to expand our scope of practice and give ourselves the title of doctor. I mean, chiropractors can call themselves doctor, naturopaths. I believe naturopaths are allowed to use that term, right? Yeah, yeah, and when we talk about Chinese medicine, it's like talking about Western medicine. It's a huge body of, of knowledge, right? You can be a generalist, or you can have a focus. And yeah, I haven't quite figured out why we're not allowed to specialize or to say that we specialize. Uh, like uh, I, some, I, have, I have some thought, I think about the, before the Chinese medicine without regulation, they look like a wild plant. Like and a wild plant? Wild plant, they can grow in everywhere. <laughs> and they can occupy some uh, some field, field and okay. to, uh, get some land can, yeah, with the seed, they will be uh, growing. And uh, with the regulation, and uh, we the Chinese medicine need to put in the garden and uh, to get uh, some uh, take care. Right. But also garden have so many plants and uh, sometimes the uh, plant and the plant need to be like uh, to 
to to trying to get a squeeze of the land to make enough space, and if Chinese medicine have space, they will grow in. Yeah. But if the the garden is not have Chinese medicine space, and the Chinese medicine this small plant can be died in the garden. Yeah. Mm. I like that. So, if so, the idea is or the metaphor is before regulation, Chinese medicine was like a plant growing in the wild. That's right. So it could just so. grow anywhere. Yeah. And with regulation, it has to be planted in a garden. But now it's in a garden with all these other plants That's right. that also can only grow in the garden. Yeah. So to try to find space for yeah. the Chinese medicine plant. <laughs> That's right. The garden is good to have some uh, take care. Right. The, yeah, take care. But also it's uh, not a very big space. And it's limited. Limited space. <laughs> mm. I like that. With the education, I feel this is a very important to improving the whole community, the the level, and in this way, we have we can be have a space yeah. in the garden to grow in. And the more plants we have, the more space we can take up. That's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> If you are enjoying the eMedicine show and would like to continue having content relevant to the profession like this episode, please consider supporting me on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Your support helps me cover things like podcast hosting, equipment rentals and upgrades, and ultimately helping to raise money to, to launch an Ontario acupuncture and TCMP association. Membership also comes with benefits. A premium subscription is as little as $2 a month. That's less than the cost of a store-bought latte. Your membership comes with exclusive access to members-only bonus content, practice management and technique tips and tricks, and my everlasting gratitude expressed on air. So pause this podcast right now and go to my Patreon page at patreon.com slash to sign up and support the eMedicine show. I will wait here for you. For this episode of the Ye Medicine Show, I would like to thank Stephanie Brown, Zoe Gemelli, Scott Alex, and Michael John Derbecker. Thanks, y'all. None of you are acupuncturists, but I love the fact that you care. And now let's get back to our show. When I ask a, a patient to take some herb, they all said, they all will be thinking about, oh, no, no, my doctor didn't tell me, and uh, I cannot, uh, yeah, to take a herb. And uh, now it's a lot of people, they, they make their own control. Yeah. They want the Chinese medicine treatment, they directly go Chinese medicine treatment. So that is a, is a lot of, I think, with the... the the education, the, yeah, yeah, the, the people, yeah, the know more about the Chinese medicine and the more understand the herb. Yeah, I yeah. think I think it's a combination that more people are looking for, are, are are realizing that the model of Western medicine, where as the pa- the patient relationship with the doctor, the doctor is like. God, right? And you ha- you are not in control over, like we are not in control over our own health. The doctor is. The doctor tells us what's wrong with us and tells us 
what's going to fix it and gives us the treatment. And Chinese medicine is more more autonomous, right? The patient has a stronger relationship with the practitioner and the patient can also have more autonomy in determining what they want for their own health that's right. Care, this, right? This is, I found the change with the time. Yeah. And now it's, uh, uh, most uh, patients, they do more control. Yeah. They're healthy. Before, they all relied on the, the medical doctor. Right. I remember when I was growing up, every like with my mom, she wouldn't do anything without her doctor say so. Like if if anything was wrong, even if it was something that is like, well, you just have a cough, just put some some ointment on your chest and that will help. No, no, we've got to go to the doctor and get a prescription. You know, because that's how she was raised. You know, in the fifties and sixties, mm. and then you know I come along and I'm like. But why? <laughs> why can't I take care of my own health, right? Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, people, the change. Yeah. yeah, and I see a lot of that also, especially among the millennial generation, the like the 20-year-olds and the 30-year-olds who are a lot more conscientious about what they choose to put into their body and what healthcare treatments they, they feel they have more choice than I think my parents' generation had. It's a, it's a different generation. Yeah. Mm. And I think probably the internet had a lot to do with it too because people can look things up and research. Yeah. And uh, I found that this is another way we need to improve our knowledge and uh, education. And uh, sometimes for some specific disease, and if you you are not uh, learn enough, and uh, sometimes patient know more than you, yeah, and we know more about uh, the disease than you, right? Yeah, they cannot uh, trust you. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any relationships with with other medical doctors? Like, do you work with fertility doctors or gynecologists in Toronto? No, I I don't have a connection. You don't have those. Con- you've been here twenty years. Yeah. Wow. Mm. You know, well, I do uh, some uh, uh, some medical doctor, and uh, I mean mostly the family doctor. Yeah. And uh, uh, in my the both locations. Right. Uh, the the medical doctor they refer a patient to. Oh, you to you do have medical doctors referring patients refer, to you. But I'm I'm not really know the doctor. <laughs> Mostly, I I think the when the 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 patient of the doctor the patient when they talk about yeah and uh, she learns something and she the doctor will be refer other people yeah to to come to yeah to. You know, I, I teach at a couple of colleges here, and I teach a practice management course. And one of the things that I tell my students is, if, you're ha- if your patients are really happy with the work that you've done for them, that you should ask them to tell their doctors about you. Because the more... If patients are going and saying to their doctors, oh, I'm feeling so much better because I went and I saw this acupuncturist, acupuncture really helped me, then the doctor will remember that. And yeah. so I say, give yeah. give your patients your card yeah. and have them give your card to, to their, their doctors. Doctor. So uh-huh. they have it on file. And so when somebody else comes, if they have another patient who has something similar to the one that, you know, 
was effusive about the acupuncture or the Chinese medicine, they're like, oh yeah, I had a patient who has the same thing. Here, go and see this person, and they give then they give your yeah, card. Yeah, I have some yeah. patient that come yeah come from their doctor. Yeah, and uh, the doctor learned from other patient. Yeah. I had a practice in Ottawa for seven years before I moved to Arizona, and just at the time when I was getting ready to leave, my clinic was in the process of negotiating or, or making arrangements with a fertility clinic in Ottawa to work with their patients doing preparation for fertility treatments. And my, my old partner, Calvin Dale, um, ended up working with them for several years. And so they had this mutual relationship where they were sending um, patients who were seeking fertility treatments for acupuncture with him and uh, Margaret Olsels, my other my other colleague. And so that was really nice. I, I mean, I, I left before that really got established, but that that was really good to see that that interaction that they were having and that more doctors were starting to actually think about working directly with practitioners yeah i think it is also this also i see in the chinese medicine the, the hope and the future yeah and now it is a doctor they really communicate with the chinese medicine they are like uh, uh, more accept from doctor. They more accept Chinese medicine. Yeah. Even refer to patient to Chinese medicine practitioner. That is uh, not a. Uh, before. Oh, yeah. yeah like, you probably had this, too. Like, I would have patients, mm. and they'd start to get better, and then they'd call me and say, I have to cancel my appointments because my doctor said that bec- that I can't come and see you anymore. And I'd say, well, why not? And they'd say, well, because I'm getting better, and they don't understand it, and so they want me to stop seeing you to see what happens. And that used to happen all the time. Mm. But in the last 10 years or so, it's happened less. And now what happens, I think, either the doctor says, um, oh, yeah, keep getting the acupuncture, that's great. Or they say, I don't know if it works, but if it's making you feel better, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. So at least they're not saying no. They're not saying yes, mm. but at least they're also not that's saying right. no. You yeah. know. That's right. Big change also. Mm. That is a good change. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has mm. also to do with the regulation because now that it's a controlled act, now that it's a regulatory body, mm. in that sense, we're we're on par with biomedicine, Western medicine. Yeah. Um, so. Even if even if people still think we're more like massage therapists, I mean, we know that our training is higher than that, and I think over time, more and more people, like you said, more and more people are gonna learn that. Mm, the regulations are uh, advantage for Chinese medicine practitioner. It is a more yeah disadvantage. We're taking a short break for some community events and announcements. Treating the root: five simple steps to heal your practice. With me, Elise Tara. In this free two-hour introduction, I'll be sharing five simple steps you can take to ethically build patient retention, help your patients get the results they want, and create happy people who are motivated to refer their friends and family to you. This event is free. It's on April 7th at the Ontario College of TCM. 
Introduction to Chinese Language with Richard Kwan. This course will teach common characters and radicals that show up in Chinese medicine and discuss why they are used. This will be on April 8th at the Acupuncture Integrative Medicine Academy or aim-academy.ca for details. Integrated Gynecology, a 30-hour, 10-week course beginning April 16th with today's guest, Yu Xiangwang, at the Canadian Gynecology Institute of Chinese Medicine, cgicm.ca for information. Heat-sensitive moxibustion level one certification. This three-day comprehensive seminar introduces students to the heat-sensitive moxibustion system. It is a unique approach to treatment, techniques, and protocols that integrate with other aspects of TCM. It is on April 20th to 22nd, and it's presented by SNAP TCM at the Eight Branches Academy of Eastern Medicine, eightbranches.ca. TCM Theory and Essential Oils, a foundational class about the nature and properties of various essential oils from a TCM perspective and how to use them for conditions like insomnia, bee syndrome, anxiety, and more. Classes will be a mix of experiential learning, lectures, activities, and case studies. This is 9 to 5 on April 27th, and it's 16 credits. For information, contact Joy Walraven, joy at joywalraven.com, or call 416-877-3960. Coming up in May... Yamamoto New Scalp Acupuncture is a fast and easy to learn system that complements conventional Chinese medicine treatment. May 24th to 27th at the Tzu Chi Foundation of Canada, 416-621-7996 for information. Dao Needle Therapy, a revolutionary acupuncture technique that consistently eliminates scar tissue and stubborn pain utilizing a special style of acupuncture needle and a variety of diagnostic tools to bridge the gap between CM and musculoskeletal chain. May 25th and 26th, contact the Ontario College of TCM for details. These CEU listings are provided by the eMedicine Show as a free service to the community. If you or your college has a seminar or workshop of interest to RACs and RTCMPs, please send the information to me, Tara at gmail.com. That's E-L-Y-S-E-T-E-R-A at gmail.com. Do you have a job posting or opening at your clinic? Please send me an email with details and I will help you get the word out. And now let's get back to our conversation. So you also teach, right? I teach in the gynecology of Chinese medicine. I, because in my background, uh, after I graduated from the Chinese medicine school, I work in teaching hospital and also I teaching in my college. And uh, from the beginning, this is uh, like uh, my part of my job I used to be yeah doing yeah. the job yeah this is uh, so after I immigrate to uh, Canada and I also keep uh, in the, uh, doing the teaching work so I like this is uh, my yeah I like the, the work and I feel the with uh, keep uh, doing this work uh, 
uh, not only give the student the knowledge and also inspire inspiring myself to make me improving my yeah my knowledge and uh, my work. I feel that way about teaching too. It's like when I'm teaching, I have an obligation to make sure that I'm teaching my students the best you know, explaining them as best as possible and transmitting my knowledge as best as possible. So in a sense, it forces me to be on top of my game, right? It, it makes me responsible to myself as an educator, which means I become more responsible as a practitioner. Yeah. Is it the I guess it's the same for you, eh? I feel like this way. Yeah. And uh, I also feel to be uh, uh, to be a uh, general, yeah, healthy the worker, and uh, you need to give the uh, you not only to 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 help your client, and also if you help the Chinese medicine community, and uh, it is also will be help yourself. Yeah, and the whole community is a. Uh, have a good uh, yeah respectation for the in the society, and uh, we uh, we can be get more respect. <laughs> mm. So tell me about you've got a class coming up. When is it starting? And uh, on the April we we uh, this year we had uh, one course, and on April sixteenth it is a Tuesday. 9.30 to 10.30, three hours every Tuesday for 10 weeks, so 30 hours of oh, wow. uh, the course. And uh, in this course, uh, we just, we are focused on the, uh, the we, we call it integrated Chinese medicine uh, gynecology course. And uh, mostly we introduce some uh, very like a common gynecology disease in the uh, integrated medicine to introduce the disease, uh, how to do in the investment medicine, how is the diagnosis and uh, and uh, the the problem, and also Chinese medicine to treat the problem. So a thirty-hour program. Thirty-hour on gynecology program. Tuesday nights from Tuesday morning nine thirty oh, to twelve thirty. We are mostly it is uh, on the we mainly is with a lecture, and uh, with uh, some uh, demonstration. Yeah. And uh, with uh, some case study. Yeah. Some uh, I just uh, to to take some kind of for like the case like we used to treat and yeah. to talk about the yeah, case. Next year you're offering a course in Costa Rica, was it? Mexico? Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, Mexico. And uh, uh, last year we did uh, one seminar on Mexico. And uh, I hope this is also for practitioner. We are also need some uh, Retreat. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, one idea. So enjoy the Mexico the, on the, by the beach and uh, the sun. Yeah. And also take some uh, 
time to study and uh, in this way study during the day go scuba diving diving in the afternoon come back and study some more (laughs) that's lovely yeah i i I feel this uh, maybe also it is uh, make a balance of work and life right mm. it's it's also great because when we're self-employed it's a business expense right so you can go to mexico as a business Mm. expense that's that's great (laughs) i'm going to keep my eye on that too (laughs) um do you have any advice for new practitioners just starting out? If anybody is just getting their license, what do you think they should do? Should they go and work with another practitioner? Should they open their own clinic? What's the best thing to do? Uh, I think it is in the uh, Toronto, the education for people graduate. It is uh, I because I also teaching some school uh, student. I feel they have uh, some kind of uh, the struggling uh, after graduation yeah. because uh, it is uh, they feel not so confident to start uh, the uh, doing on business and start to work right. with, uh, independently. And uh, my, I think uh, it is uh, after the graduate, it is the best. Uh, you also you can work in some clinic to learning with study with work together, and uh, this gradually also gain more more like experience. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, yeah will be help in the take a summer transition from a uh, yeah, student to be a uh, practitioner. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think everyone's in agreement with you. Everybody I've interviewed, mm-hmm. they've all said the same thing. Find somebody that you respect, a practitioner that you like, and ask if you can intern with them or follow them in their clinic or work in their clinic for a little while before you start on your own. Yeah. And uh, a lot of here is uh, because uh, in the financial, a lot of pressure. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people think uh, after graduate need to make a big money. And uh, to be in Chinese medicine practitioner, even in China, and uh, you have you work in the former, in the big hospital, and uh, also it is uh, not always uh, on the beginning. New doctor will be can make a lot of money. Right. And uh, we we when we were young and young as a young and a new doctor, we also sitting in a lot of cold uh, chair. Right. <laughs> sitting in a lot of cold chairs. <laughs> cold, yeah, sitting <laughs> in the cold chair. It is uh, to be yeah. To be gradually, gradually become busy. Right. Yeah. So you're mostly sitting in the chair, like waiting for patients. Waiting yeah. for patients. <laughs> so need to be have a patient. With when you are still sitting in the cold chair, it is yeah. normal as a new practitioner, and uh, it's better use this time to reading more book to learn more knowledge. Take and, the take the opportunity uh, when you're waiting to continue your studies. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, this is uh, very common, <laughs> and uh, every people, every practitioner go in this way. Thank you so much for coming yeah, and being on time. my show today. I really enjoyed talking to you, Yushang. Uh, me too. <laughs>
You've been listening to The Yee Medicine Show, conceptualized, produced, and edited by me, Elise Terra. Music is The Quiet Solitude by Melody Loops. This has been a Mahdi Du production. Thank you.